But I think the main things is at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same nine by nine court, and the rules are the same. So we. Uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, something that I just. You did, you did. <laughs> a little free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. You got to ex execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. And there was a lot of winning going on this past weekend, Rob St. Clair. My name is Everett DeLorme. That is Rob St. Clair from Chi-Town. This is the 9 by 9 the 81 square meters of the best volleyball content on the internet. And, you know, we were talking about winning. I brought it up. A lot of winning going on this weekend. We had the Club World Championships go down. The NCAA women's volleyball season is done. And, of course, all the other leagues going around the world. But first and foremost, we got to start with the Women's Club World Championships going down in China. And congratulations to Zasha Basha. You guys are the champions taking down Vakov Bank in an epic five-set match. Big shout-out to my Canadian girl, Alexa Gray, for going two in a row. Won one last year with oh, yeah. Liano. Nice. Won one this year with Zasha Basha. So not many players can say they, they have done that. So that was awesome. Um, and, hey, this was a, a great match. It went all the way to the limit. 15-19. What, three of three of the four sets uh, ended 25-23. This was two powerhouses going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. And, I mean, it, it was what we were expecting from this tournament, Rob, uh, given all the other teams in, in attendance. But great job for by Zajibasha getting that win. Yeah, I mean, it's been a long time since Zajibasha has won a major trophy. I mean, it, ooh, it has. It, You're right. A long time. You remember last year we were they went undefeated in the Sultan League regular season, but failed to win a trophy. No Super Cup, no Cup, no Champions League, no no nothing. And uh, here they are again, back on top of the world. And I'm sure that feels very, very good. Congratulations to Tiana Boscovich, the MVP of the tournament. Very well deserved. Um, obviously, I did not watch a second of this tournament other than the <laughs> final. Yeah. Other than the final, because why would you? I mean, predictably, every single match in pool play was a three-dong. Uh, I think both semis were three to one. It was never really in question that we were going to see an all-Turkish final on the other side of the world. But... I think this was the best match of the year on the women's side so far in club volleyball. This match was awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And I, I'm, I'm excited to see these two teams play more down the road once we get into the early part of 2024 because uh, this is about as evenly matched as it gets. And we, we've had our questions kind of about both of these teams. Like, do they have it at the elite, elite levels? Like, are, do they have that true top-end level peaks to look like and play volleyball like some of the best teams in the world. And I think at least for flashes of this game, we saw it. Uh, there, were, there was some really good stuff that went on in this game. And I, I mentioned Tiana Boscovich, 27, 27 points on 322 attack efficiency. Pretty darn good. You know who was even better than that? Jordan Thompson. Jordan Thompson. Jordan 33 Thompson. points. 33 points on 451 efficiency. Maybe the best match I've ever seen her play. Reminded me of, of, of as she was trying to carry Malonza last year to a Scudetto single-handedly yes. in that final series. But Vakafen comes up just short, and we're going to have to talk about the outside hitters, Everett, because these numbers are glaring what 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 is up with gabby i don't know dude this, this is this is what i want to know because this is someone who we have like like for a long time we've known that vodka bank has been gabby's team and they rise and fall from her it doesn't matter who's on the right side it doesn't matter if it's hawk it doesn't matter if it's a gonu it doesn't matter, matter now if it's jordan thompson but it has mattered a little bit this, this season and gabby just hasn't 
quite been there. She hasn't been that firebuster that we expect, you know, in serve receive uh, offensively. Like there's there's just something missing there, and, and it's a little tough to watch. It is a little tough to watch. So Gabby, 16 points, 13 for 39, attacking with 10 errors. 077 efficiency is very unlike her. And I don't have any passing stats because, God forbid, Volleyball World in their flagship club tournament puts out a, a respectable stat report. That that would be that would be ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, it's, just, it's, it's really too much to ask, Rob. It's really outside <laughs> of the scope of our capabilities in the, in this modern world. <laughs> passing stats, digging stats. No, no. ridiculous. We're not we're not going to do any of that. But uh, Gabby's offensive number is not good at all. But even worse, Ali Franti, four points, three for nineteen, attacking with four errors, negative efficiency in the championship match. That's horrific. And on the other side, Zajibash has two outside hitters. Alexa Gray, like you said, Everett, very very good, seventeen points on three forty two efficiency, sixteen for thirty five. But low key, Hande Baladin is having an amazing season. She's Hande's having been good. a fantastic good. season. 19 points, 17 for 39 attacking, hit 257. Like You can't ask really her more than that. Pass the ball well to the eye test because you know, we don't have statistics. But yes, Boscovich is ranked slightly higher than Thompson in terms of global opposites right now. Thompson outplayed her. Jordan Thompson was the best player in this match, but it was the outside hitter support to me. And I think Elif Shaheen outset John Suo's by. We can talk about that in a minute. But the outside hitter difference was lopsided. I do not know what's going on with Vakif Bank's L2 position. It's a problem. Yeah, you could tell that Shaheen just had more options that she could go to. That offense was was spread out a, a little bit more. And Boscovich, like she just had room to swing away. But like so, so did Gray. Like um, so did Jack Casal, who, who I thought was was yeah, fantastic was with super with, good. with eight kills as well. Um, I, I love her. I know that there are some people who are calling for her to be on the dream team. Um, afterwards, we can we can talk about that. <laughs> uh, afterwards, I know the Discord was was up in arms about it, but it was clear to me that this was a team effort from Exajabasha, which is not as much as like we haven't seen much of that from them this year. Um, you know, like like or, sorry, well, not so much this year. Years. It's it's mostly been get the ball to Boscovich, right? It's it's get the, the the ball to Boscovich, and this year they they didn't really need and they didn't really need that. So I mean, big up for Exashabasha. Totally, uh, I completely agree with going with Alif Shahin as the starting setter. By the way, we were talking about it a couple of weeks ago that for some reason every team that she ends up on, she somehow finds her way as the backup setter, and then when she plays, she makes her teams better. That's Turkish national team. That's Zajbasha now sitting behind Naz, at least for the first part of the year. And um, not anymore, in my opinion. I think she was the best setter in this match and in this tournament, uh, despite what the Dream Team would have you believe. Um, and yeah, Sinead Jack, really good. Uh, five blocks. Also, I mean, Chaka Bogu on the other side, 16 points with six blocks. So she was everywhere. It was good to see her back. Uh, Top-level competitive form in a big match, but um, it's Ajabasha, you're right, is way more complete, way more complete, way more well-rounded than we've seen for the last, I don't know, in, in the Boscovich era, the last three or four years. Yeah, f very much so. Like, Hande Baladin is, is really stepping into her own. And like, as you said, like this is, this is some of the best ball we've ever seen from her. And yeah. when you're thinking, when you, you think out of the context of 
club season. You think back into the national team season because this is volleyball and that's what we do. Um, club season doesn't matter uh, at all, uh, according to everyone in in uh, the volleyball world. Um, <laughs> obviously, that's that's sarcasm, but like that's a really good look for Turkey too. When you see Baladin oh, yeah. playing the way she is, and if you can have her be solid, Kurt. Well, we'll see, and then we'll see what Melissa Vargas's health status. But that's a really good look right now for for Turkey. And I mean, a really good look for Turkey in, in general. I've really liked so far, Rob, and how in in the twenty twenties we've seen the shift from the traditional powers of Italy to different powers, both on the men's side and the women's side, with the with Poland and and Turkey. So love to see the game expanding like that. Yeah, this is cool. This is a good display for Turkish women's volleyball. I mean, we were talking about a couple weeks ago, whatever the last like big week of Women's Champions League was when both of these teams got beat by good Italian opponents and Vakif Bank got completely destroyed by Malonza and Zajabash got beat by Scandigi. We're like, all right, is uh, m- maybe this isn't as, as much of a race at the top as we thought between it- Italy and Turkey as far as best club leagues in the world on the women's side. But uh, this was a very, very good display of volleyball. I really enjoyed watching this back. I obviously didn't watch it live because it was at 5 in the morning my time. But what I'm, wa- what I'm wondering now is how deep can these two teams go in Champions League? Because as we know, despite this being the Club World Championship, as it's called, this is just an appetizer for more serious tournaments down the road. Like This could be a Turkish Cup final preview, maybe. I, I have no idea how that how that uh, bracket works. I, know they, I think they draw it randomly. It's very weird. But maybe, yeah. maybe these two teams will play in that tournament. And then who and when will they run into in the Champions League, these two teams? Because they're going to make it out of their pools um, there's a great chance that neither of these two teams win their pools in Champions League. And uh, how is that going to go? I'm, I'm really curious. But for now, the the competition level of this match was, I think, the best women's volleyball match this year. And I, I just really enjoyed watching it. Very. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm with you on that. Rob, who won the Turkish Super Cup earlier in the year? Um, I, that... think, I think it might have been Fenerbahce. It was, it, it was Fenerbahce. That that see it's so interesting. No, in, in, sorry, Vakif Bank three to two over Fenerbahce. Yeah, over Fenerbahce. Okay, and Agzashabasha wasn't in the 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 the, the Super Cup at the beginning. Right. Yeah. It's it's only they it's they only, only play one match. It's not like yeah. a tournament. Okay. Well then, I, there's 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 just such a toss up right now between the top three teams in, in Turkey, and 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 I I absolutely love it. Right. Especially yeah, once awesome. you, you if like, oh, I mean Molina Vargas is coming back. Can we just say that? I mean, like, man, her. So like, it's, th- glad you brought her up because I mean, she plays for Tianjin in China, who was in this tournament, yeah. and without her, the, with only Li Ying as their only player, Tianjin had just no chance of touching either of the two Turkish teams. They they did win bronze, good for them, but over whatever Brazilian team they played in the bronze medal match, but uh, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think Melissa Vargas's shoulder is a really serious concern. I I, I would like. Somebody in in the chat or in the Turkish channel in the Discord or okay. whatever, figure out what the, what the latest is and figure out like what the timeline and the prognosis is of her injury. Because I mean, I bet if the, I think we we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If you're the Turkish Federation, tell her sit sit out the rest of the club season. Don't play club 100%. this year. You've got a, you've got Olympic gold to go try and win, and she is. Like, I think maybe the best, but definitely the most important player in the world to her national team. Hundred percent. And I mean, like, let's be honest. It's it's even more so because like 
you made that change. Like you threw away your your former nationality, which is Cuban, to take to take on the the Turkish nationality. And there's only one reason to do that: it's the Olympics, right? Right. No one no one does that to win a European championship. No one does that to win a world championship. No one gives a shit, right? If you ask Leon right now if if he cares about winning, um, uh, like a, a Euro volley earlier this year, I don't think he does. Right. He he wants to win an Olympic Games and it's going to be the exact same thing for, for Melissa Vargas. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, take a seat. Don't play. Um, Rob, do we want to talk about the dream team? <laughs> God, we, we sound like broken records at this point, dude. Now. So people in the discord were, were tagging us being like, guys, you, you have to talk about how bad this is to be really transparent. I only watched the final. And I like I, I did not watch a single match the rest of this tournament. So I, I will say Li Ying being the one player from Tianjin is the third place team. Obviously, makes, yeah, that tracks. And Boskovich being the MVP is the best player from the winning team. That totally tracks. But I'm looking at the two middles. Yovana Stevanovic and Zara Gunesh were not the two best middles, even on their own teams. <laughs> no. Jaco Bogu and Sinead Jack Kassal were far, far better. Far oh. better. And Kudash had seven points. <laughs> what, what are we doing? And and not to put Hande Baladin on the dream team either makes makes just no, no sense. sense. Like the it's, and I mean I know how the dream team works, but I, I feel bad for Jordan Thompson. She deserved a spot in some in some capacity. Yeah, this is this is very much a like it, it really sucks for Jordan Thompson. The fact that she wasn't there because like she she was outstanding. She was amazing. She was automatic in the in the final. The fact that when you look at this dream team and in like the finals, like three of the top, or no, only one of the top five scores is is it it you know on this actual dream team that and that's Boscovich, like Gabi, who does not look happy in this picture. By the way, like, <laughs> she looks so mad. I really wish we had the the ability to zoom in on her face right now because she looks livid. And I mean, for for good reason too. Oh, are you gonna do a little bit of technical genius I'm, I'm, and, 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 I'm, I'm and figure this out? I'm gonna try. But yeah, this dream team is it? Oh, okay, <laughs> a little bit closer. Not, she, not as maybe not as bad as we thought. Maybe not as. There's a little bit of an upturn in the the side there. Um, Gunesh and and Li Yingying are all uh, are all smiles. Um, but yeah, like this is a bad dream team. It's terrible. Whoever whoever decided to make this is 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 is. is just doesn't really know what's going on. Oh God, it's just so typical to for anybody making these decisions to have never watched a second of volleyball in their lives. It's 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 just so painful. Yeah, and, and like the stats are saying, like, is it possible to give the opposite to Thompson MVP to Boscovich? And that's exactly what happened in twenty nineteen between Hawk and Agonu. Well that's what right? should happen anyway. Like the you, you should be giving a dream team to eight players. There should be eight players, not seven. This you is pick a joke. Se- seven seven players, one of each starting position, and then an additional player is the MVP. That's how even that's that's how it's even worked in the past. Like what why aren't why aren't we doing that here? Because yeah, Jordan Thompson deserves a spot. Hande Baladin deserved a spot. Sinead Jack and Chaco Bogu both obviously deserve spots. Like this, bad choices again and again and again. And I'm happy to not have to worry about this garbage until VNL. No, no more, no more volleyball world tournaments. Get him out of my sight for the next several months at least. Yeah, 
Course. Absolutely, no more of this boomer and trench coat and or trench coat and boomers as uh, has been popping up. Rob, one thing to mention though, it does seem like the chat is coming through with a lot of uh, Vargas Vargas information. Uh, looks like she's return uh, looking for a return to VNL and will not need surgery. Great, good news. And yeah, somebody says that the second half of club season, big question mark. Sit, sit, Don't play, sit. Don't play. Don't play. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, I trust her, Vargas, and the Federation to to make the right choice on that. There's, there's no point in coming back to play for Fenerbahce. Like they, they, they won the Swedenar League last year. They, like they had a good run in Champions League. They have Magdalena Stisiak. Like don't, don't, don't bother. Sit her down. Sit her down the rest of this year. Absolutely. All right, Rob. From one championship to another uh this one well first and foremost you have to give a big shout out to the texas longhorns back to back national champions when you start your season five and three you know i remember them losing games earlier on be like oh texas is done like like you know you don't like like you don't lose three games and early on like that and then go on to to go make a national championship final so big ups to texas in one of the most dominant national finals i've seen possibly ever set one was good sets two and three were trash actually didn't mind it though because i had some plans so it made me be able to get things together earlier but wow rob first and foremost what were your what were your initial thoughts of this match here this sucked (laughs) i'm not gonna sugarcoat it this 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 was supposed to be and this was supposed to be and it still was this was a great celebration of the success of ncaa women's volleyball this year it was a massive year. The, the the numbers have been pouring in from like ESPN viewership for the tournament and you know viewership for the whole season and attendance and you know ninety two thousand people in Nebraska earlier this year and even like putting the finals on ABC on Sunday like in 1. the middle, 7. in 1. the mid, 7, in the no. middle of an NFL regular season day still drew one point seven million like um, amazing success for the game. This was the worst NCAA championship match I've ever watched. This sucks. Terrible. This is so bad. And Nebraska, a team full of freshmen who was the best team in the country all year, collapsed in epic, epic fashion. And we're in a celebratory mood, like, yay, 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 volleyball, yay, women's sports, yay, whatever. If we're going to celebrate the sport the way we are, we need to hold these athletes and hold these teams to a higher standard because this was the worst NCAA final I've ever seen and the worst passing performance I have ever seen in a volleyball game ever. 12 aces for Texas. Every one of them a shanked float serve. Five for Asia (laughs) O'Neill, including four in a row in the second set, which basically slammed the door on the match. Like that one, that that that, on that run, that was it. Yeah, because even in the first set, Rob, like there was, I mean, it started a little bit ugly. Texas got off to that four-all run, but then it was like six-six again, and I was like, okay, Nebraska was able to close that gap. It was like ten-seven Nebraska in the second. Yeah, it was. It was like it wasn't. No, it wasn't ten-seven Nebraska. I think yeah. it was. I think it was ten seven, ten seven Texas. But they were there the, the entire time in the in the first set. There was that controversy with some calls at the end. Uh, uh, at the end of the first, we saw a red card for the Texas bench. Yeah. Like there was there was a little bit of emotions there. But to me, Rob, like the 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 semifinal and the final was was two very similar games. And like, let's be honest, they, Nebraska got Piacenza. 
right? Like they <laughs> they went out there and served the leather off of, off of this ball, and we can actually say that because the women still actually use a leather ball. Yeah, um, the they did the exact same thing um, against uh, against Wisconsin on on the weekend too, and I really or sorry on on Thursday night too. Like they just served served the leather off the ball, and that was an epic. That one went to five, right? The, no, uh, it was it was four. It was three it was to three one. one. Three, three one i do think that like that matchup between texas and wisconsin is better because wisconsin is a much better blocking team than nebraska right the problem is with this one is that texas broke the identity of nebraska shattered it shattered it nebraska is a ball control team that's what that's what they that's what they they talked about themselves all year that's what we talked about the broadcast beforehand like texas or nebraska was a ball control team and they shattered it from the baseline, and then no one could touch Madison Skinner. No. She was going straight OT all day long. Yeah, that, she they, was. Like, Nebraska <laughs> could have Nebraska could have been like pulling pulling in like nine man blocking. You know, they could have literally put the entire team up there, and it wouldn't have made a difference. Madison Skinner was an as an absolutely different level in this one, and she was phenomenal. I do very think, literally. Like, she was straight up, like you said, straight up over the top of full three person blocks, and 100%. her her big ball that mm, maybe mm, the best, mm. maybe the best pipe hitter I've ever seen in the NCAA women's volleyball. She, I, I, I can't think of a better one. Like maybe like Yosiana Presley from Baylor a few years ago. Like she, mm-hmm. Madison Skinner was unbelievable this entire tournament run and like the the stanford game in the quarterfinal the wisconsin game she basically put this team on her back tournament mvp very well deserved but like somebody just said everyone stayed in the chat came down to serving and passing nebraska's identity was broken they looked rattled they looked like they did not belong there they did they looked like they forgot what a volleyball even was their reception mechanically was like jarringly bad to watch it yeah it deteriorated as Terrible. the game went on and i would have liked to see maybe some subs throw something in like like do something different i was calling for the same thing and it's weird because going into this match rob i was just like um why am i blanking on the nebraska coach's name right now i was oh, john cook john, yeah okay john cook i was thinking dunning in my head and i knew that i knew that was wrong but like in uh, going into this game i was thinking i was like if nebraska pulls this game off where what do we talk about john cook how do, how do we talk about him like where do we what where do we put him in the in the echelon of volleyball coaches because right behind russ rose maybe no, I'm talking about like where do we put him up against Santorelli? Oh man, oh, right? Because man. but like this this is a guy who's an absolute legend. How many national team players has he created? Look at the program has who's he's created and the buy-in. And if you were to cap it all off by doing this incredible run with in like the all greatest freshmen. season easy, with all freshmen, that is not talked about enough. The fact that this team, I think we really need to give some some credit to, to Nebraska. Yeah, they got shit kicked in the final, but like <laughs> that's gonna happen. I do think that it was less. It was more about what Texas was doing and the pressure that Texas was was putting on, and that was there's only one team in the country that could put on that amount of pressure on 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 Nebraska and on Wisconsin, and I think it's Texas. But like, you have to give so much credit here to John Cook and the rest of this Huskers team because like you made it there with freshmen, you made it there with 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 athletes who were brand new now. I do think 
this has some repercussions because now I'm seeing that like there's already some announcements that like there's a bunch of Huskers upperclassmen and you know like like lower classmen who didn't see the floor this year who are already in the transfer portal right which is something I kind of hate about the NCAA now it's like oh I didn't get played in my first year I'm just gonna go into the transfer portal like no like stick it out tough it out like 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 fight for your spot but all in all like I do think a lot of credit needs to go to um you know, that Nebraska coaching staff and the program that they have, but like big ups to Texas two in a row. The Longhorns are here and next year they're going to be in the SEC and that is going to be interesting. Yeah, that will be interesting. I, I, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. I don't think that, so somebody in the chat said that it's exactly how Fenerbahce beat Caneliano last year with service pressure. I completely disagree. Completely disagree. Last year's Fenerbahce against Caneliano was... Melissa Vargas and Arena Fedorovseva tearing the cover off the ball, jump spin serving. They were hitting varieties of serves that nobody in the world of volleyball on the women's side had ever seen before. That was the level of service pressure that was very literally unprecedented. Okay. Texas is hitting float serves, dude. And that every single one of these, every single one of these 12 aces that they got was in was somewhere close to the midline of a receiver that they just flung their platform at and shanked into the stance. This was not a different level of service pressure. This was this was everyday stuff for NCAA women's volleyball. Everyday stuff. That if you're if you're a team playing in the final four, you should be able to hit solid, low, flat float serves just over the tape. And I mean, I spent five years in a gym with an NCAA women's team. I know how fast the ball gets on you on a women's net when it's float served low and hard like that. Like it's hard. The ball gets on you fast. Though no, it sucks. But this is the final four we're talking about. Like these are serves that you've seen every day of your career. This this was not a different level of serving. This is a breakdown on Nebraska's side. This is a breakdown on Nebraska's side, not some like otherworldly serving performance from Texas. It was a vi- it was an incredible example of mental pressure put on from Texas. I, Very much so. I, I will give them that. That was that was a, a mental domination of, of a more experienced championship pedigree team against a team of very talented freshmen and who were able to shatter Nebraska's identity as being a first contact team. That I absolutely agree with. That was a mental domination. But the the, the serving and passing thing was a straight-up shattering and a mechanical breakdown on Nebraska's side. I do see some people being like, some Texas fan being like, being a freshman has no bearing. Being a freshman has all of the are bearing. Are you kidding me? These people are 18. Being, <laughs> being the freshman has all of the bearings, especially now when you're talking about like how many years have some of these girls on Texas been playing because of the COVID years? Like you have girls who are legitimately in like their seventh year. Yeah, Asia O'Neill's, Ellen- like, Asia O'Neill's like 25. Yeah, like it, <sighs> it's it's not. I, like you've got like you've got a bunch of like Texas homers in the chat being like, oh, you guys don't know what you're, you're talking about. But like, hey, it's big ups for Texas. Like absolutely. For sure. They, they, Asia but. O'Neill was unbelievable. Five aces from a middle is very impressive. Uh, her attacking numbers were not that good, but and we can talk about that in a second. Maddie Skinner was the be- was by far the best player in the country the last three weeks. Also, and, people like we're not discrediting Texas. No, like they, Texas won this fair and square. Yeah. They like they were the best team, no doubt about it. It's not like we're sitting here saying they don't deserve it. We spend t- two 
two minutes talking about the other teams and you guys all freak out in the yeah. chat chill no. out yeah texas this, deserves this is why this. this is why people in the chat would be like why do everyone hate texas it's because you're fans that's exactly why <laughs> these are toxic jeez well, i'm happy i'm happy for texas because Me i mean too. like you said nebraska there have been a, a whole lot of dumb rumors coming out of people transferring john cook their coach made some comments like kind of really and, and that seemed really salty and petty and bad sportsmanship talking about the texas program and how they build things and i just didn't like how any of that went down but uh, uh, again this this was a collapse by nebraska in the final yeah. texas was the superior team mentally they uh and compl- physically and physically <laughs> they, they, no they, one could play with Matt. no Skinner. absolutely not no they, one could play they, with they, O'Neal. they completely bent the game to their will harper murray Merritt beeson were terrible very alley battenhorst was horrible and te- Texas did all of this with a freshman setter who doesn't jump set. <laughs> this is that's, something, that's the this is something that blew me away. <laughs> Ellis Ellis Swindle is a freshman on Texas. She does not jump set ever, and and I can only imagine how Texas would be if they had a, a actual high level setter. Because I mean, sure that they won a national championship with this girl, but the offense that she ran was just not very good. Her complete inability to locate the ball to the middle was crazy to me. Like, I can't wait for Asia O'Neill to go to the pros and the real pro volleyball or whatever, and then the national team and get to see her attack with a, with a real setter because this girl just could not locate her the ball. And, the, and Texas did all of this anyway. Like, this should have been a pretty winnable matchup for Nebraska if they didn't collapse in first contact. Yeah, they. I mean, they collapsed first contact, they collapsed second contact, they collapsed third contact. Like, <laughs> it was bad over there. That it was Texas maybe can't read, but Defo can play volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. Uh, any anything else to? Uh... Oh, man, this was just such an awesome season. It was uh, the the game of volleyball in the U.S. is growing at an unprecedented rate, and there, there was just so much to be celebrated about NCAA women's volleyball, and this just was not a good showing it's, it's, on the court this is not a good on court showing for the every everything else right you had everything the highest else. you had the highest rated um semifinal games that both the semifinal games were that like they were like 1.1 million they were 50 50 up year over year uh fr- from the, from the last year the biggest games ever watched on espn for volleyball absolutely love that that's huge you go to the final 1.7 million on abc right that's the biggest game ever watched same thing for for the final for volleyball you 100% love that nebraska's home home attendance record this year was like something like 230,000 ridiculous you know, the, the the numbers on espn everything was so good all year long for the ncaa um the the, the storylines were back um but it just that there was one thing that let it let it let go man if we had seen a five setter in this oh. especially because like there's all of like there's just like stories about like the transfers between the two teams and and all of these things. Like, I, I, if you want to know more about it, I know uh, like I know um, Out of System has done some podcasts with some former like uh, Texas players who like moved to Nebraska. Or was it the other way around? I can't really remember. I think, I think it's gone both ways. I mean, these used to be two like bitter, hated rivals before all the realignment when they both played in the Big Twelve like ten years ago. Like there were two volleyball powerhouses that mm-hmm. hated each other, but, but but there was some overlap there. And same goes for all the other sports. Then there was the Jordan Larson coaching against, against David Hunt storyline, which 
uh, was was very interesting. And we heard some stuff in the Discord about that that I didn't even know. Like this, so much great lead up. Everything about this entire tournament and everything off the court, except for the final, was was so good. Everything was just fantastic. I'm thrilled with how with how this game is going in my country. I, I love it. It's just unfortunate the on court product in the final. Just it's just yeah, it's just unfortunate. It was it was someone mentioned in the in the chat that it reminded me of like the U Sports men's finals last year where Sherbrooke oh, made that yeah. amazing run and they just got dummied Stopped. by Trinity. <laughs> uh, and this and it was the same thing. Like serve receive just like just broke down. Um, but yeah, once again, like, big ups to Texas. Big like I don't understand why people think we're on Texas. No, we're really not. No, nope. Big big fans of of Texas volleyball. So uh, yeah, I absolutely love that for them. All right, Rob, let's jump now from the NCAA to you want to jump to Italy first? Is, is, that, is, that, is that where we want to go? Um, this one was a big, a big, big weekend uh, in the Italian Superliga. Um, there's a few that we want to talk about here, um, but mostly we have to talk about Trento dominating Perugia on Sunday and then a fun one between uh, Piacenza and Lube. Let's talk let's talk first about Trento versus Perugia. No Leon in this one for Perugia and Trento looked really really good. Trentino looked really good and they are the best team in Italy right now hands down. And in my opinion, and so somebody said in the Discord that we should do something next on next week's show that I agree with and that's pick like a, a like an all-star team of the first half of the season because we're we're coming up on I think Actually, this se- this week in the Superliga might have been the halfway point. No, okay. uh, sorry, th- this coming next. week, this coming yeah. weekend is week eleven. That's the halfway point. So next week we'll do like a we'll do like an all star team of the first half. My MVP of the league in the first half is Alessandro Micheletto. Micheletto, yeah, he's been unbelievable. And this one, thirteen for twenty one, no errors, passed the ball lights out, and ripped four aces. Like that spectacular, spectacular game from Alessandro Micheletta was the best player on the floor on either team. And uh, if he keeps playing like this, and I, so we had, we had that one Trentino lost to Modena, but if he keeps playing like that, man, I, I don't know who they're going to be pushed by this year. You know who I also thought was, 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 I mean, he, in my opinion, should have won the MVP of this game. Rich Lickie. Rich oh, Lickie no. was, I, oh, he was unbelievable. He was 16 yeah, he was for 30, 21 points. He led the, the game in scoring. He was making digs, too. He made multiple digs, um, especially, like, what set was it? Yeah, because they, 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 the, they lost the second. It was in the third where, where he was making some digs that were just unreal, tr- chasing some ball downs. You could tell it was a bit of a re- revenge game for him against his old team, of course, in Perugia. I do think that Pentara was still pretty fantastic, though. 16 for 27. He hit 59%. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> that 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 pretty good. That is also pretty good. But Trento right now, just looking really solid. Really, really solid. And, of course, still a little bit of struggling um, injury-wise on the Perugia side. Of course, no Leon. He was on the bench, uh, but didn't participate in this one. Um, Rob, do we think that is, is Trentino the best team in Italy right now? Hmm. That's it's. I mean, let's let's look at the standings to try and figure that out. It, it's it's either of these two teams, and I I honestly don't know who I would give it to. Perugia has two losses. They 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 lost the other one, the the five setter to Lube early on in the year. Yeah. Trentino did get beaten four by Modena a week or so ago. It's it's a toss up. It's a toss up. I mean, if 
if it isn't Trentino versus Perugia in the Scudetto final, I would be shocked. I think these are by far the two best teams in the league. Uh, but I don't know who the best is. And I hope that they play again very, very soon so that we get more data on it. Maybe like the Italian Cup final would probably be the next time. But uh, sure, we can give it to Trentino for right now. They're probably going to finish the, the first half of the regular season uh, atop the standings. And that that's... Not to be discounted. I really do think Alessandro Micheletto is the best player in the league right now. 100%. I, I fully agree. He's playing on a, at an absolutely different level. And there, there's no doubt about that. Do we think that the return of Leon moved the needle significantly? There's no doubt in my mind that it moves the needle for Perugia. But does it move the needle significantly? I'm not convinced it does. I'm not convinced it does either because... Uh... Camille Semenyuk and Ole Plotnitsky have been playing been playing great all year. That's the nice part about having three world-class outside hitters. So you, you can just do that. Maybe it adds a level of fear from the service line that only Wilfredo Leon can uniquely bring. But uh, does it move the needle significantly? No, I, I w- wouldn't really say so. Perugia's really good. Trentino's really good. And I think, like... If they were to play in a best of five match series, it would probably go the distance. Like, yeah, I think I think it would go the distance absolutely too. This was just um, an amazing, amazing execution match from Trentino in all phases. Like their numbers are are spectacular. Nine yeah. aces, seventeen service errors is very good. Fifty one percent positive passing against Perugia is very good. Their offensive numbers were great. Seven blocks, like Spiritually set an awesome game. Just about every individual piece was working. Like Lavia was good. Kozamernik and Padrashanin were both good. Like th- there's there's just no no real weaknesses this particular game for Trentino. You need to break them. Like if if you yeah, want you to beat Trentino, you need to break them. And right now I don't think Perugia can do that. I think they can do that. I just don't think it happened this particular game. I just haven't seen it from from Perugia much this season. Right? Like I, I haven't seen that dominant play yet from them. Um Perugia did beat them in the they beat them three to one the Super Cup semis yeah back in late October so maybe there's that uh this this game was in Trento by the way I, thought, I wonder if the next time if they played if it was in Perugia if it would be any different but like this this is just this is great volleyball between two awesome teams like I don't really have any more big conclusions than that this was probably the most high level match of the year. Maybe maybe that, that Perugia Lube five setter. Uh, like that that week where they played twice in like a Super Cup final and yeah season that that was insanely high level as well. But like this is just this is just sick volleyball from both these teams. It it, it really was. It, I just I just like how it sets the tone for the rest of the year. It is it is very much a toss up uh, now between these two teams. I think everyone else uh, is kind of uh, falling not falling back but la- like lagging behind a little bit. And then we got to see that perfectly in the Lube versus Piacenza match. Uh, that went on literally at the exact same time. One started at nine forty five. Like they, you start like this is. <sighs> Take the glasses off. To get get ready. You, you can see it in the Plus Liga. They schedule their matches so that everyone can watch them. You see it in the NFL. Playing in that prime time match means something. Playing Monday night, playing Thursday night, it means something. Schedules mean something. Something commentators mean something. They have an effect. Not in volleyball though. That doesn't matter in <laughs> volleyball though. 
two of the biggest games in the first half of the season for the Italian League. Hey, let's start them 15 minutes apart. It doesn't matter. One of them's going to be on TV. The other one won't. It don't matter. Figure it out. I'm so sick and tired of this. Like, why is it that I can't watch two games in one day? Like, why not just put them back to back? You started them early. Like, they're not even in the prime time slot, right? Have one start in the afternoon. Have one start afterwards. Boom. Double header. Love it. Figure it out, boomers. It's just classic Italian. Everything is that every major decision in that entire country is made by people over the age of 75. And this is just so, <laughs> just so stupidly old school. And I hate it so much that they just don't care about any of the fan experience except the people that go to the games. They don't care about the millions of people that have volleyball world TV subscriptions watching around the world. They, they don't care about anything. They're, they're so so blinded by the flaps of the trench coat that are covering their stupid eyes. I hate it. Very frustrating. This game was good, too. Piacenza versus Lube. I went five. Really this good. was great. We had Yuri Romano came back for Piacenza, and they looked like a more complete team. Imagine that. Francesca, and even without Yuande Leal, Francesca Recine was super good. Super good. Mm-hmm. 11 for 29. Very few errors. Uh, three blocks and an ace. Like He was awesome. We saw, saw a little bit of Romeo Alonso, which was great to see. And uh, I, need, I need to see more of him. I need I need Piacenza to to figure some things out, and I need to see more of Ro- Romeo Alonso. No doubt about it. If no you have if you have Recine in the starting lineup, you, your Italians are Recine, Romano, and whoever the libero is, Scanferlo. So you can play Simone and Alonso as the middles, and they decided to do that in the I think the second set, and it looked awesome. Yeah, it, it, I mean, hey, like they 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 switched some things up. It looked like it was going to be all Lube early. Right, like they were dominating. Piacenza comes back nicely and just starts pushing it. Ronnie was really pushing for that uh, um, that Piacenza reverse sweep. Unfortunately, we didn't really see it. Um, but yeah, this this was just another good game all around. I do think the appropriate team won though. Like I do think that Lube is 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 better than than Piacenza at the end of the day, especially when they don't have Leal. Like that's that's going to be a big, always going to be a big thing um, for Lube. Robert Landy Simone was this was a classic match for him. Offensively, he wasn't great. That connection with with uh, Briza is is quite not quite there. But once again, this is why I say that why Robert Landy, I said on the show last week, Rob, that you know there's three middles in the world that I really think can affect the game in so many different ways, and that's Robert Landy, David Smith. And uh, Augustine Lozier. Yeah. I got so much pushback from Poland in the Discord, and they're all talking to me about Norbert Huber. Norbert Huber isn't even the best middle in Poland. Stop yeah. trying to tell me he's a top three middle in the world. Not even a starter on his own national exactly. team. Exactly. Like, figure it out. What are you guys talking about? Sure, he's had like he had a one like he's had some really good games recently. He's been great, but like he's not up to level of these guys yet. He needs to do it more consistently. No, like Beniak, Beniak is a great server and blocker. He's not that good. Or he's, he's a great server, obviously. Okay. Blocker. Okay. Attacker. Kochanowski is a brilliant attacker. Good blocker. Decent yeah. server. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Losair Smith and, and Simone of middles who can contribute in all three phases. Like those are the guys. And yeah, Robert Landy, two aces, four blocks. Like just, a, yeah. just another day at the office. Polish fans are as bad as Texas fans right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, you're good. Uh, I I wanted to shout out Addis Lagumsha. I um I think he's probably been the best opposite in the league this year. 27 points against his former team. Now he has a lot of former teams. Like I think he went 
Milano, Piacenza, Modena, now Lube in that order. Uh, he was great. 27 points, uh, 24 for 46, a block, two aces, like, and uh, took over the fifth set when it was time to do so. And uh, I think he's just having an awesome year, and I'm impressed. Yeah. Do we think Piacenza, with Anastasia at the helm, has a chance to get better? No. More more Italianisms, right? Like you 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 allow guys to fail upwards, and it's 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 like so. I've I have a huge problem with the Green Bay Packers right now, Everett. That is, uh, Whoa, this this is news. If you guys aren't aren't aware, Rob is a massive. I have massive I have a, I have a huge Packers. problem with the Green Bay Packers because we employ a defensive coordinator by the name of Joe Barry, and Joe Barry is a complete stooge and should never have a job in the first place. And it reminds me of how coaching works coaching works in the Italian Superliga because the only reason Joe Barry ever got a job in the NFL in the first place is because he was married to the head coach of the Detroit Lions' daughter in the late 2000s. He got a defensive coordinator job for the Detroit Lions, the, the famous Detroit Lions team that went 0-16. They were the first winless team in NFL history. He was, def- he was the defensive coordinator of the worst defense probably ever and still is getting jobs to this day because once you get there and you fail, people see like, oh, you, you've been a defensive coordinator before. Why don't we hire you? And the Packers' defense is historically bad. It's the same thing as Anastasi. Anastasi took the most talented team maybe in volleyball history last year and and engineered the greatest collapse we have ever seen. And, ever. and like, I think there's, there's a lot of these Italian coaches, I think, that are just out there who had like one or two good seasons back in the day. Like back in the day, but when you look at Anastasi's, like Anastasi took a Champions League team, Champions League team in Vrshava, and, and, and didn't playoffs. even miss the playoffs the, the next year in the Plus Liga. And what does he do? He gets the best team in the world in Trentino. And what does he do with them? He goes undefeated the first half of the season, then six and six the end of the year, and they get kicked out of the quarterfinals and d- losing the semifinals of the Champions League. How do you keep on hiring him? I do not understand. Hire me. I guarantee him a better coach than Anastasi at this point <laughs> I could absolutely guarantee it you know but especially with a team like that how much coaching do you need to do how much coaching do you need to do ridiculous that he that he keeps getting hired and it's it's very Italian like I was saying just very very Italian that keeps getting away with this remember when he was the head coach of the Polish national team and the yeah. inst the instant they fired him they won a world championship <laughs> They they literally fi- they literally fired him for someone who had never coached before. Yeah, Antigua, right? right? Just and they were just like, Antigua, you you've been in Poland for a while. You know our you, culture. You could do better. You than you, this you like us? You you like it here? You you like our team? Yeah, no, this guy's a stooge. You just come, you just just come coach. Unbelievable. Yeah, for sure. And what what was the first thing he did? Was kick Drisco off the team. <laughs> Man, I, I didn't think I was going to go into a rant about how bad the Packers defense is on this show, but I, I do think that it relates. It's very oh, similar. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Piacenza continues to be like to, to Piacenza is a verb at this point. Like we've, we've already been using it in the show and in the discord and yeah. we uh, set up the reverse sweep and then fall and then, and then blow it in the fifth. Uh, good for the Piacenza though. They get a point. I think they're clearly the fourth best team in the league. I think and Lube is probably three. So this was another good match between two evenly matched teams uh, elsewhere. Modena beat Catania in five. I don't know why the heck they needed five sets to do this after beating Trentino the week before. That was, that was pretty confusing. Paul Buchgeger, 26 points. Hey, good for him. Yeah. Uh, man, pretty good numbers. Yeah. 24, 43. Also 
Wanta Hannah may have heard you talk shit last week because he went 16 for 27 in this one. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Shaposhkov was 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 all right too, but you're right. Like Modena should not be going to five with Catania. The only team you're allowed to go to five with is Toronto because they have six points. <laughs> on the, they have six points on the season and no wins. And then another one this week. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And <clears throat> yeah. so, they, so they go up two to one over Milano in Milano, which is honestly like legitimately very impressive. They they are and then they they completely completely fell asleep. They get destroyed in the fourth. 25-16. And then one of the most embarrassing fifth sets I have ever seen in volleyball in my life. It was 15 to 3. 15 to 3. Oh. 15 to 3. How is that even possible? I think there was a That's like to, that's like Bank playing two. against the uh, Vietnam the Vietnamese team at the World Club <laughs> Championships. That's what that's like. <laughs> It's like to win two sets and then lose fifteen to three in the fifth is crazy. There, I think there was a fifteen to two in the Lega Volley Femminile a couple weeks ago. Terrible. So Toronto, what do they have? Like six points and they're zero in, and they're zero in ten. That's like that's impressively bad, or impressively like good and also bad, or bad and also good, or weird, or what? Like, yeah, they're zero in ten and they're not in last in the league. It's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. That will go to uh, Catania, who also lost in five and got a much needed point, but they gotta they gotta pick it up here. Um, I would say that, like, do we think Chesterna and and Padova are that much better than the those 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 two teams beneath them? Kind of. Uh, I think both of those teams, Padova and Chesterna, both of whom lost this week in in three dong fashion, by the way. Both of them are teams that do well with uh, creating teams that are more than the sum of their parts. Catania is just like, you know, they're they're a brand new team to the Superlega. They came up from the A3 division. Like they had to kind of throw together a, a remotely Superlega level roster. And I actually do think that they've been a little bit better than we expected. I mean, when we did the Superlega preview show, we're like, this team's terrible. They're getting relegated for sure. Toronto is a mess. Yes. And they they already fired their coach. And I don't know what more uh, what more fixes you can have, but there's there's clearly some mental block to getting to f- to six tiebreak sets and going zero and six is is something like we've never seen before. Um, but Chisterna and Padova, I think, are better franchises than, sure. than like better programs top to bottom than Toronto and Catania. Yeah, absolutely. Without without a doubt, I I don't disagree with that whatsoever. I would see like to see Kyle Russell get going for Toronto. God, man, he's got to play better. It's, it's for me like the door is really starting to close on Kyle Russell on like a lot of a lot of different things. And if it doesn't get better, he might just should just go back to Korea. Yeah, I'm 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 rooting for him, but yeah, it's it's been a little difficult to watch for him and really all of Toronto this year. I don't have anything to talk about. Monza Padova and Verona Cisterna. I really have nothing to talk about. No, those are those are all pretty uh, pretty standard. I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised that Chisterna didn't push back more on Padova, um, or sorry, or Verona because we know how Verona can be. Um, did Kata play in this one? Let me check. No, I don't think so. Real quick. Uh, no, Amin at off, fourteen. Sani at eighteen. Francesco Sani though, is this a guy that we need to start talking about in? the context of team USA on the left side, because let's be honest, like, like 
not this quad, but uh, but like yeah, like this quad is done. Like this time next year, the quad is done. We're on we're on to a new one. When you look at those those extra spots, like past past Russell, past Jayshiki, past TJ, like you have you have those three guys. I think he's making a, a name, like a, a case for himself here. Who else on the left side? Like you're not going to go back to Garrett. He's going to be way too old for for 2028. Cody Kessel is probably going to be the same thing too, right? Because he's like my age, so he's like in, in in his 30s. Why not go with a young guy who's always been on the right side and now all of a sudden like is like he's putting up numbers in the best league in the world. I agree on the left side. I I think he needs a shot. I, you know, I I, I, I want to see him on the roster this summer. Uh. And there's a great chance that the, that the U.S. Right. will give a lot of new guys a look this VNL, which we'll talk about months from now. But uh, the, the thing is that Sonny's still a rookie. Uh, the, the sophomore slump is very real. Still, the, the ability to scout the kid on the left side is, is limited. So we'll see if he keeps it up. And he's also never played left side in the USA gym before. So hopefully the coaching staff is paying attention to this and is seeing him having success on the left in Italy and, and gives him a look. Uh, when when we get back into the gym in May, but uh, that's a big if. Yeah, I mean it's just like we've talked about Jordan Ewart. Yep. I don't know. I think Sandy's ceiling is higher than Ewart's. I, I really, I really, really like Ewart. I agree. Don't don't get me wrong, but um, I definitely think that uh, that uh, I think he should be given a look. Bring him to Ottawa. Why not? I agree. Sure. Why not? No. Uh, I think that's it for Super Lega. Anything else, right? No, that that will be it for the Super Lego. We've got the last week of the regular season going down um, next week or th- this this weekend. Uh, Boxing Day, is it not? Yeah, it's a it's kind of a tradition in the Super Lego to pack a bunch of games on Boxing Day. So that's uh, Boxing Day is what Tuesday, right? That sucks. That's a travel day for me. So that's not going to be uh, that's not going to be. I'll be flying back from Arizona on the twenty to- sixth. Yeah, well, I was yeah. going to say, every, we 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 might want to do Wednesday for next week's show. How's that sound? What's what's the? I don't even know. It's getting to the point the of the year 20th, where I don't know the dates. Wednesday's the twenty seventh. Okay, yeah, then yeah, I'm I'm not available on the on the twenty sixth. I'll be I'll be in in an airplane. Okay, so let's let's do that. But yeah, the last last round of the of the first round of regular season games in Italy is this weekend, and then yeah, next week we can do like a little uh you know sort of a dream team in the first half of the year. Give some mid season awards. Yeah, we've also got a rematch between Milano and Perugia. Um, I see. And that one, Piacenza is going to play Modena. Verona is going to play Lube. Cisterna versus Monza. Toronto versus Catania. Oh, there we go. Nothing Rob likes better than a good old, (laughs) a good old relegation battle. (laughs) That's must win, must win for both of those teams. Yeah. uh, Uh, Hey, hey, Everett. uh, What if you wanted to watch any of these games on Boxing Day? God forbid they might five of the six might all be at the same time. <laughs> God, you boomers, get over yourselves. And the worst is that like the one game that they've like they're broadcasting is at a different time. So you could have another one. But I hate hey, it. you know what? Business deals are tough, eh? Business deals are tough. You know? Just can't figure it out. God. <laughs> All right, let's, let's talk about the Lake of Volley Feminile for a hot second. Uh, obviously, most of the attention in women's Roma. volleyball. Yeah, how about him, dude? Roma. Goodness gracious, out there battling with Scandici. Let's go. Been one of the pleasant surprises of uh, in all of volleyball. It's been it's been fun, been fun for Roma. Although they did give up a 
I'm looking at it right now, gave up a, just a huge, two huge runs in the fifth to kind of suck the lights out of, of any hope that they had. But taking the point from Scandici is nice. Very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Once again, I think we've, we've talked about Roma quite a big bit on this uh, on this this show just because like they continue to impress us with how they, they show up. Yeah, Scandici had to make a bunch of changes going into the fifth to, you know, play with foreigner limits and get, uh, they got Britt Herbots in there in the fifth and Entrepov dropped 29 and um, all, all good stuff. But yeah, shouts to Roma for for taking a point there. Also, shouts to Pinarolo somehow taking a point from Caneliano. And I, I didn't watch this, but I assumed that it was Caneliano's bench. And actually, it kind of wasn't. <laughs> it was mostly, mostly the usual suspects. Like he had Volos and Hawk and still uh, needed five to beat Pinarolo. So, uh, that was the first dropped point of the year for Corneliano, actually. 35 wow. out of the possible yeah. 36 points. Love it. Good. I mean, the fact that Corneliano has been like that is, is is just awesome. Yeah, very impressive. Um, yeah, we've got people in the chat saying that we have a big match in Champions League starting uh, literally right now. Yes, we know. We'll talk about that in a quick second. Um, what what else in uh, the leg of Ole Feminile? I didn't see a lot of other great games. I didn't see uh, much of it either, Rob. To be per- perfectly honest, it was not. Uh, this this was not. This wasn't a big vo- volleyball watching weekend for me. Got some other things going on. Yeah, me neither. It was just uh, NCAA, and that was, and a little bit of Super League, and that was kind of it. Yep, very much so. So, uh, looking at the standings here, Canigliano obviously still in first <clears throat> uh, on the women's side. Trentino all the way down there uh, at the bottom. Bergamo. Is surprising. Like that was a, a quite a decent team. Like weren't they a playoff team last year? Playoff now they're all, year. all the way down in that re- in that relegation race. So that is uh, a tough one. Um, Castle Maggiore, same thing. They were a playoff team last year. They, uh, Micah Hancock is there now. They just got three dogged by her old team Volafolia last week. Like that's bad. Um, Cuneo's not good. Firenze is not good. Like there's um, a lot of and then both Pinarolo and Roma who were. Like Pinarolo was, I think, a point away from getting relegated last year, and Roma did get relegated two years ago and came back, and they're in playoff position. So good for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, before we talk about Champions League, because, yeah, there is a game right about Meow, uh, there are a couple important things. Literally to talk right about. now. Thatvolleyballstore.com, Everett. Absolutely. Head over to thatvolleyballstore.com to get 50%. Look at that. We're matching. Love it forgot that i had turned on the like basically waiting for the uh the champions league game and it just turned on in my ears as i was saying that and i got i got uh distracted <laughs> that is the nine by nine squared and you can get the 15 percent off if you use the code spice on that volleyballstore.com yep that volleyballstore.com is the new url uh, links in the description use the code spicy get your gear some of that gear you could get includes daddy stankovich Oh yes, I've got the got, got the Daddy Stankovic collection available in the store right now. And as you all know, uh, every week we get to hide our favorite our favorite human being ever. Daddy Stankovic is hidden somewhere in the show. And if you find him and comment where he is, uh, timestamp at the end of the show, you get a shout out. And last week, um, there is Daddy towards the right side of the Club World Championship celebration for Perugia. I think I put him on top of Roberto Russo. And uh, several of you found him. Uh, Yana XOXO found him first. Then our friend Philip Louder found him. And 
Florian Kaviker found him, and uh, we've got this was a relatively easy where's daddy. So you you guys found him pretty much no problem. Good job. Remember, if you see Daddy Stankovic in this show, wait until the show is over, then comment in the main YouTube comment section the timestamp of where he is, and uh, we'll circle back to it next week. I will say this uh, this is a pretty tough one this week. Pretty yeah. tough one this week. Everett, I'll, I'll show you. I'll show you where he is after. This is some of my. I have yet work. to see it. Okay. I have yet to see it. Well, yeah, maybe he's already shown up. Maybe he'll be in the second half of the show. I'm not going to tell you, but uh, keep your eye out for uh, that that beautiful man, Daddy Stankovic, that you see there. Love that. All right, Rob. We want to move forward now. Uh, talk a little bit about some Champions League. The first one actually just started uh, for today for the men's. Zoxa versus Zerot Bank. Matt Anderson just opened things with a block. Uh, one nothing for Zerot Bank. Janusz did get the start. Uh, for um, Zaxa, though, so that's that's a good thing for them. Although they're they're in tough with uh, Shemansky out there, so um, we might as well talk about it. This is a photo from this morning, where Alexander Schliefka had successful surgery on his left hand. He uh, broke a bone in his left hand about a week ago. We knew he'd be out for several weeks, and uh, I, I I don't know the details, but if you translate his Instagram caption from this morning, he said something about his recovery will be even longer than expected. So it goes from bad to worse for Zaxa as they lose. It, just as they get Janusz back, they, I think that this might be even their most important player other than their setter is Alexander Schliefka, and now they're... They're going to have to fight really, really hard in both the Plus Liga and the Champions League. And they're playing Zirat Bank at home literally right now. And so we'll try and wrap up the show as quick as we can and get to be able being able to focus on that match. But no Schliefka for an extended period of time for the reigning champs. That's that's rough. This I think this might be like one of the biggest blows for them. Like Bednor's not Bednor's story. Janusz, of course, is is a massive blow. But right now, like Schliefka kept this team alive for so long and kept this team going for so long. And it just seemed like they were getting things back together. It sounds like from the discord that what actually happened is that he um, hurt his finger by pulling on a net two weeks ago uh, oh, in no. a match and being frustrated and, and pulling on the net. And then he uh, like reheard it last in last week's champions, uh, champions league match against Rose Lair. Um, Yikes. So that, that is a, a huge break for, for Zoxa there. And like, well, I think we have to talk about it. A, do you, are they still a, a contender, both in the Plus Liga and in the Champions League without Schliefka? And B, do they go and pick someone up in the winter transfer window? Oh, man. I, I don't know who's available, honestly. I, I don't know who, who they would go get. But uh, they when they have their starting seven, they are a contender to win everything there is to win. But they're not going to have that starting seven now for a good long while with Schliefka being out. And there is volleyball to be played in the meantime. Like you've got to make the playoffs in the plus Liga. You've got to get out of pools in champions league. You've got to there. I mean, unless they can beat Zerot bank at home today with less than their full roster, they're not going to win their pool. Cause remember they already lost in Ankara in five a few weeks ago. And uh, like they're, if they don't win this game, they're, they're, they'll have two losses in their pool. There's no way they're going to take first. They're going to have to play an extra Champions League series. Like them even getting back to being healthy is the biggest question. 
somebody in the chat says, yeah. who would have thought that Zox's toughest opponent this year would be injury? <laughs> yeah, it would be themselves. It would be themselves. I mean, it's not that crazy with all the volleyball that we force all of these players to play. And with the, as condensed as this club season already is, it's not that crazy that people are going to get hurt. Now, we've seen a lot of wear and tear injuries. It looks like Schliefkes was more of like a, a legitimate, like e- explosive injury yeah. of sorts. But yeah, this this is a problem. This is a, a very big problem for Zoxa. This is like full alarm bells, honestly, because, like I said, the issue is not the issue isn't how good they can play when they have everybody available. It's staying alive in the meantime, and then they're they're going to struggle. They're really going to struggle to do that. At what point? It, this kind of reminds me of like, remember that one? I know you're not a big NBA guy, but there was the one year uh, right before the right before the the pandemic where you know Steph Curry was injured and Thompson was injured, Draymond Green was injured, and the Warriors just kind of like, you know what? We're just going to shut everything down. We're going to go pick James Wiseman, which was a, a complete waste, and we're going to go back and win another championship after that. Um, do you do that if you're Zaxa here at all, or do you just keep pushing through? Oh man, uh, I, I wonder if the I wonder if the Polish Federation. Oh, we just lost Everett. Hopefully, he'll be back. I wonder if the Polish Federation is going to have anything to say about that. That's actually a really good question because, like, we were talking about Poland with Melissa Vargas. Sorry, Turkey with Melissa Vargas, and like how they handle. Hey, Everett, welcome back. Bad. <laughs> accident on the tab. <laughs> I, I was just saying, like, can, what do you think the Polish Federation is going to have anything to say about this? Because, like, if the Turkish Federation is is going to have some some influence over whether or not Melissa Vargas plays club the rest of this year, does the Polish Federation have any influence over what their potential Olympians are doing this club season like do do is it in the best interest of Polish volleyball to try and run the Soxa team into the ground to to you know pick up the pieces for a, a playoff run is is it worth it for them or is it I'm in the better no. is it in the better interest of Polish volleyball to just look towards the Olympics I'm honestly not sure I, I, but I, I know think, we'll I think a I think the Champions League means more to Poland for something for, for some reason. I, I think all of that I think just due, due to the scale of volleyball within Poland, like that is is huge, right? Like the Plus Liga is is massive. But then there's also the other thing, if you're the Polish Federation, and if you look down on that left side, sure Slivka was your best player this year, but like it's a next man up mentality, right? You've still got Bednors. You still have Semenyuk, who's been phenomenal this year. How you have Shalpuk. You have, you have, you have, like the, the, the names go on and on, right? Even if you, you have Bednors, Semenyuk, and, and Leon, like that's as good as any left side pairing, like, like situation in the world. So, no, I think if, if you're Poland, like you just let it come back at, at a normal timeline. They're like, it's, it's not as, like Poland can win an Olympic gold without Schliefka. Turkey, yes, they can. Turkey can't win an Olympic gold without Melissa Vargas. Great point. That's I think that that's you think you nailed it. So yeah, uh, Zoxa and Zirat Bank are playing literally right now. Nine sixty. Zirat's up nine six in the first. Uh, I think is that the only game today? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think so as well. So a couple other games this week. Um, not not the best week of games, but like by this time next week. Once four out of the six weeks are in the books, we'll have a decent picture of what the pools are looking like. Like, of course, JSW, Budiavice, whatever. Uh, Guaglas at Lundberg is is an interesting one because Lundberg now is in the driver's seat to take second in that pool. They just got to beat uh, Guaglas at home and then Budiavice again. 
Uh, Berlin versus Hawkbank in Germany will be a very good game. That's tomorrow. Uh, that's that's a massive game, I think. For sure. There's so many impl- implications for that pool. Uh, Rusolari versus Olympiakos is tomorrow. Piacenza versus Benfica is tomorrow, but that's in Italy. Uh, Rosovia versus Ljubljana. Uh, Rosovia just picked up uh, Lukas Kozu, by the way. Uh, they pulled in yes. a, new, a new backup setter from Katowice, which is interesting. Trentino versus Tours is tomorrow. And then those those terrible terrible games in Lube's pool. Lube versus Prague and Mosaic versus Galazzi. Who cares? But so I've got my eyes on uh, Berlin versus Hawkbank for sure, and then uh, Zaxa versus Yardbank today. Yeah, that's that's about it. I am interested to see Rusovia um, versus Ljubljana. Isn't that? Oh no, it's 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 not a it's not a revenge game. Rusovia did beat Ljubljana. Yeah, Rusovia the, lost to the Tours, but then they beat Ljubljana no problem. Uh, we'll see if Defalco is able to play. He he hasn't played in a couple weeks. But the, honestly, they don't need him. They don't need him to beat Ljubljana. They'll be fine. No, Defalco does his thumb. I'm not sure. I actually haven't heard what it is. I asked in the Discord. And they told me, and I've forgotten. Yeah, it was a, it was a bummer that uh, to not see him play against Trentino last week. Yeah, it's there's just there's just too much going on in the the uh, the Poland area of the Discord, so you can't really. Yeah, there is a lot going on. Uh, speaking of Champions League, last week, I mean, there were a couple decent games. Uh, Rosovia did blow it to Trentino, like especially in that second set, to end up getting three donged. Zaxa needed five to beat Rusolare. That's a little tough. Um, Piacenza beat Berlin in four, and that was kind of it. Uh, Lundberg took a set from JSW. And they then, did. And then got they stomped did. the rest of the way. <laughs> All right, well, uh, yeah. Back, back injury for TJ. Is that what it is? Back injury, yeah. Okay, thanks. Um, speaking of Rosovia and Zaxa and all this stuff, let's look at the results from the Plus Liga last week. Um, Zaxa, unsurprisingly, did lose to Vershava in four uh, without a whole lot of... Uh, I, I actually don't think Shlifka played at all. He was totally unavailable. Uh, Katowice, three-dong Radom in the relegation game. Tough uh, tough look for Radom. Uh, That's a, that, that is a tough one for Radom, for sure. Uh, Luke Lublin beat Olshin in five. Uh, that was probably the most competitive game of the week. Let's see. I think Xavier Che, JSW, Rosovia all won pretty easily. Can can we? I know Vrshava, they won against Daxa, who is decimated right now. But how do we feel about this um, Vrshava team? Is this a legitimate team? I think this oh, is yeah. a legit team. Yeah, I think this is a legit. team that has championship potential. I, I really do. They've been playing really well of late. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, Vershav is very good. I don't know about championship potential. I, I don't know if I see him beating like... Uh, I mean, anybody can beat Rosovia in the playoffs when Fabian Gizka is the center. But I don't, know if, I don't know if I see them beating like JSW or Xavier Che in a five-match series. Although, I guess there won't be... It's any, not a, it's there, not a five-match won't, series, won't right? won't be any five-match series. Yeah, good point. So maybe, maybe, just, maybe, they, maybe, they, maybe the format plays into their hands a little bit. And their their last three wins are against Zaxa, JW, and uh, Zavierci. They beat Zavierci. They beat Zavierci. Their only loss is is to Scra. Oh yeah, that's right. They lost to Rana and they to and, and they beat Rosovia to to open the season too. So they've beat all of the best teams in the league. Respect. I, yeah, yeah big respect. I, I I think we we need to keep a, a good eye. 
Okay. I mean, yeah. it's yeah, we we are on notice. I mean, Bartolomeo Bowan just having an awesome year. He hit forty five percent efficiency against Oxford just now, twenty two points. Uh, Shalpuk has a case to be one of the best outside hitters in the league. He's playing great. Uh, Taylor Averill came off the bench and was really good. I love him. Uh, Jan Firle is probably the second or maybe third best setter in the league. Maybe maybe higher than that with Janish being out. So yeah, Vershav is for real. I'm I'm on board. Absolutely on board. Also, that that win by Lublin is is a huge yeah. one. There, Lublin is always such an interesting team to watch. They've always just they always just stick around, and that actually that win, like they're they're ahead of both Godonsk and Olshin right now. Wow, that's impressive. Uh, and yeah. Godonsk did just lose a, a weird game. Yeah, they got three darn by Stalnissa, which was a, a little bit unexpected. But yeah, Lublin's solid. They don't have a whole lot of big names either. I mean, they have Tobias Brand, the German guy, and they have Thales, the Brazilian libero, and uh, Damian Schultz, who I hate, but he actually played well off the bench in this game. Um, yeah, good for them. That's that's and uh, Martin Comenda is having a good year at setter as well. I've always kind of liked him. Um, Luke Lublin is a is a whole is greater than the sum of its parts sort of program to me. Yeah. I mean, I thought they were going to take a big dive after losing because uh, they had uh, Sheridan and Jendrick and uh, Dustin Watton. And yeah, they, had, they lost all those guys and they're still solid. Are they in playoff they're, position? They're, oh, yeah, they're fifth. Oh, yeah, oh. they're fifth. Like they're they're right in the thick of things. Like they're only five points behind Zavierce. Good for them. Yeah. And right, tied, yeah. tied with Gdansk and they, they got three points on, on Olsen as well. Anything else about the Plusiga? I have one more thing about Polish volleyball, and then we can kind of wrap up the show and go watch Zaksa yeah. play Champions League. And that is that, as we kind of suspected, the 2024 Men's VNL Finals will be in Łódź, Poland, at the Great Atlas Arena in, uh, what is that, early, actually very late June. They're, they're, they're getting it in as early as they can before the Olympics. I've seen people online complaining that Poland keeps getting to host these sorts of things why would you fuck yeah, why would, would you give it to Poland? yeah why would you complain about this they're they're the best event host in the world in my opinion and they're by far on the men's side the most likely to pack the stands for every game even when their home team isn't playing 100 percent, absolutely it's a no-brainer the people complaining are the people are complaining are just texas longhorn fans <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you're salty about about your country not getting this, then when you do get to host things, you 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 people need to show up. show up to games. You need to show up to games when your team isn't playing. That's what Poland does better than anybody in the world. I just can't wait until the time, Rob, when Canada hosts a World League Finals or Nations League Finals. That would be awesome. That would be yeah. awesome. But I it, I don't I don't even know if that would do like. And people in Ottawa have been good about coming to games when Canada isn't playing, but nowhere near as good as they do it in Poland. No, 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 nowhere. No, absolutely close. not. It's not. It's not. It's your. It's apples to oranges. But why can't fruit can be compared? I still don't get that. Um, <laughs> there is one thing I want to bring up here, and it was brought to my attention uh, thanks to our lovely Discord. Uh, I want to talk about the French Cup, real quick. Oh. Now the French Cup and, and like the, the cups around the world are all a little bit different. And now what I really like about the French Cup is that it encapsulates it's very much like the FA Cup. It encapsulates everyone. So uh in the first round of the French Cup, there was a bit of a of an upset. Uh Conflans Andrézy Jouy Vibi, which is basically like a school, they play in the third division of the French League, beat Ajaccio. 
And Ajaccio is, even though they're in the second division now, has always been a very solid team. And that's absolutely awesome. So big ups for them. In the second round, Rob, oh, it was, by the way, it was a three dong. In the second round, Rob, who do you think they played? They beat Khan, it appears, in another three dong. They beat Khan in another three dong. So you have a a school team? (laughs) Basically, a school team. From what the little information, like you pull up their website and it's like, like literally, like the first thing is like more information. Like, you know, like, and it looks like a school team. Um, Ville de Conflans Saint Honorine. Yeah, like this looks like it it could be a, a high school. And they're out here winning games in the French Cup against Cons, which, which is which is just hilarious. I do kind of like when you have the, the the domestic cup encompass all the levels. Like they uh, they don't do yeah. it in Italy, but they do it in Poland. Like the early rounds of the Polish Cup include everybody. I think the earliest rounds of the German Cup do as well. Yeah, uh, I think so too. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, they're they're the VLA Cup encompasses all the levels. We, yeah, we yeah, like yeah. I know you guys. You want to put yourself up there, up there with those guys. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny because, like, in the French, like I saw a clip recently in the the French Cup for soccer, and because France has all of these like colonies everywhere, you've got these like pro like just little like community teams, and one of them drew like PSG, and they just went nuts. Like, imagine like being like you're just playing on like your like local team like for fun on Sundays and have some beers, and then all of a sudden you're playing against PSG. That'd be awesome. Imagine playing soccer and celebrating a tie. Worst sport in the world. Isn't there ties in the NFL? Yeah, and there shouldn't be. It sucks. <laughs> we almost had one over the weekend. <laughs> all right that, yeah that, yeah wasn't there a field goal like right at, as time was expiring in overtime yeah i, I god i hate ties you're so stupid if you have a way to break the tie break the tie it's the thing the, uh, soccer has a way to break the tie they just don't do it I don't, and the only fun part about soccer is a shootout you have that you just don't do it i don't, I don't get that anyway <laughs> uh that's that's our show let's let's all go together and join the volleyball source discord for one links in the description Ooh, wow. and two Go and watch uh, the Champions League, uh, Zoxa versus Zerat Bank right now. Or maybe not. It's 20 to 14. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, uh, we're, we're going to go watch it, see if Zoxa can take a set and keep their chances alive to win this pool. But, but uh... It's crazy how many people in the chat are being like, Zoxa is struggling this season. It's like, Zoxa is an infirmary. <laughs> they might as well like they might as well just give up their team bus for an, an for an ambulance. They probably should. Be like, you know, like people need to watch this show. Oh, Chitigoy is in. Oh, oh he's back? Serve, just to serve. Oh, his, that, that, his left his left hand is severely taped. Okay, so you can probably do nothing but serve. Yeah. All right, well. Uh let's all go watch Zoxa. Thanks for watching the show, people. Merry Christmas for those of you who Merry celebrate. Christmas, yes. Merry Christmas. It's on Monday. We'll be back next Wednesday, I think is our consensus. Wednesday twenty seventh. <laughs> Bless you ever. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Enjoy the Christmas season. Happy holidays. Enjoy like six games at the same time in Italy on Monday or on Tuesday. Uh we'll see you uh for the last show of the year, uh next Wednesday the twenty seventh. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny, uh Rob, last year. Uh, Christmas, the Christmas season gave us the firing of Bernardi. This year, I want the firing of Stoichev. All I want for Christmas is Gianni to Verona. (laughs) See you, people. Happy holidays. We'll see you next week. Peace.